for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. So last week we uh, talked about Holy Spirit, and um, if, I think everybody was here. If not, I, ha- I brought some of the scriptures to that anyways, and I kind of did it like Pastor said. He's making me dig deeper. And you know what? I, I love that. I think if, um, and it doesn't have to be that you're preaching in front of somebody, which it, it makes me grow to do this, but everybody needs to realize what we're all, we, every one of us have a calling. And the majority of our callings is one-on-one, and that's when we really kind of help change souls and grow slowly and help make uh, a difference in people's lives. But if we're not speaking the word into them and we're not continually doing this, we're not going to grow. It's because the more you do, the more you speak God's word into somebody's life, it's like inside of you is growing. You think you're planting a seed, but you're growing your seed every time you plant a seed. And your seed just grows and grows and grows because the more you're speaking it, it's like now you want another hunger. Like, like Luann, you called me the next morning because she got revelations from what I was saying and I thought it was so awesome she was sharing it with me because we're members of Christ and she was sharing her revelations of what I was getting and then like more added to it and it was awesome and if and if she didn't share her revelations it was like she needed to get it out and that's what makes us grow right so um I I just feel really feel like that each and every one of us need to realize you don't have to be in front of others. You just have to be in front of one, just one. Last week at the park, a, a, a man just got out of prison for 20 years, and he wanted to totally just give the word of God, and he was just talking to me and talking to me and talking to me, and I could tell the word was in him. But also, the only thing that was hitting me was alcohol breath, <laughs> you know? So he's trying to preach, but it's like, you know, there's some things that we all need to overcome and walk out. But he says, Susan, all I need is a suit and a congregation. And I go, and get walk some things out first before people in the congregation are going to receive that. I said, no, you don't. All you need is an audience of one. You don't need a suit. You don't need a congregation. Because he just needs to, he, I could tell he was full and wanted to get some things out. I could really tell it because he was just like preaching to me, which praise God for that. But that's all any of us need to do is get full to where you just got to dump it out, right? And the more you do that, the more you'll just want to get back and, and get filled again. And I think that, uh, you know, me just digging into about, to me, the Holy Spirit, it was like, it's so vast and so big, you know, it's, it's hard to talk about it in a short period of time. But I, I still wanted to dig in deeper and dig in deeper. And I... And then it kind of, when you get a revelation, it's like, oh, I'm nowhere near done. You know, just nowhere near. So I'm glad of that. I'm glad that I have a lot more to learn. So that's awesome. So today we're going to just talk about the fruit of the Spirit and then, you know, of course, the gifts. So uh, Galatians 5, 20 through 25. Uh, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and love. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Uh, that The last sentence sums it up. If you want to live in the Spirit, you're going to have to walk it out. And it, 
And it really explains it. You know if you're living and being led by the Spirit or not. Because if you do not have this fruit, you're not. It's really that simple. The, you know, the tree from Christ is going to bear a certain fruit. <laughs> and it's not going to be bearing anger and violence and resentment and revenge and, and depression and fear. It just doesn't. That's another tree. And every one of us can kind of have this other fruit come out of us, and it's up to us to prune our own tree and to pluck it off, you know? It's up to us to make these changes. You have to have that desire inside of you. And that's why I say just keep speaking the word, because the more you're doing it, the more you'll feel like you have more of a passion, because God will just fill you up. So the seed is inside of you when you receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, so we have the seed of this fruit, but it's really just the seed. It's our spirit has to grow it. But what I'm going to tell you first is your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And if you don't have the will to grow this fruit, you're not going to do it. It's just not going to happen. So it, it takes more. And, and, and so first you got to get this mindset that this is what I want. And because our body and our soul is not really lined up with our spirit yet. So to be truthful, the more you're going to hear the word and the more you're going to speak the word, it's going to grow inside you because what it's doing is growing a root. And that root is going to grow long, long before the fruit comes out. So you've got to grow your root inside of you and get this passion and desire and don't think, well, I'm not kind of going around do that. Well, maybe you're still growing the root. And that's good, though, because you don't want to be a tree with no root, okay, and you're, and you're trying to express to other people with the fruit that you have and trying to show people you have this, and then a first little storm comes along in your life and you fall over and they're like, God, I was listening to her and look at her now, you know? And, and I, I, I explain this to the guys at the park a lot because if they've taken most of the Australian pines away here in Fort Pierce. But there used to be all the islands were just totally full of them. And those big, gigantic, what, 150-foot-tall trees have zero root. I mean, if any of you go on a boat, you'll see that there's some that a storm will pass over. And the whole entire root system is about this big. Okay, that's it. And you're wondering how. Well, that's the reason they take them up is because the first storm that comes over, these monstrous trees fall over, okay? So you can look big and talk big on the outside, but if you didn't grow your root first, others are looking at the fact that you just fell. So it's important that if you're not ready yet, spend time growing the root, get in the word, so that when the fruit comes, people can look, because we need to be an example. We definitely need to be an example. Um, Pastor Ted gave me this little brochure, and it was awesome, and I just, I just loved it, and it's about the yoke of the kingdom, and you might have heard of it before, but I haven't, because I, I just, I went online, and there it was all over the place, so maybe some of, some of you have already read that, but um, Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
And, you know, most of us haven't grown up in a world full of gardening and where we had to ever have animals tied with a yoke, and we don't really truly deeply understand it. And I saw, you know, when I went to Costa Rica, two oxen with a yoke in front of them, but I really didn't understand the yoke. So there's two different types of yokes. One is just a yoke that you have for one animal, okay? And basically that's to control him. And in other words, you're, you're the driver behind and you're controlling that one animal. But the yoke of the kingdom is two. So um, I don't know if you knew this, but an oxen weighs about 8,000 pounds. So if an oxen is on a yoke by itself, it can pull its own weight. But how much do you think two oxen can pull together? How much? Triple. Triple. See, he knew that. I didn't know that. It's, it's a scientific fact. Okay? I didn't know that. So two together can pull triple, 24,000 pounds. Okay? Now, were you just guessing or did you know that? Mm-hmm. One guy working can only get so much work done. Exactly. If you got two guys working together, they can get the work done. It, you're 100% right. It totally, it makes so much sense. Two guys get more done. So you've automatically got 24,000 pounds just by two working as a team. And anybody that's been a boss will find out teamwork is amazing. And this is why God is trying to say two or more in the power of a prayer. Okay? Think, think about it. Okay? Then... If the two oxen are working together, you know, many times it may be one is a new oxen or one they're not used to being a team member. You know, we've all been put together working with somebody and it's, you don't know each other or your one's pulling the weight and the other isn't, right? Well, when two oxen are working together for, together as a team for a long period and they have experience do this, they can pull 32,000 pounds. It's amazing. They can each pull double their weight. All because they're in sync. You see, they're in sync doing this. And, and I was saying, I, I totally believe it because when I go every week on Friday, you know, I get up at 6.30 every day of the week to get Emily ready for school. And, you know, my lunch packed, her lunch packed, me ready for appointments, her ready for school, and, you know, breakfast and whatever goes on, getting little kids ready and yourself ready, right? And every day we walk out of the house at 10 to 8. And then on Fridays, we're cooking for 35. And that's when my husband helps more, Okay. I get up at 6.30, and I walk out the door at 10 to 8. <laughs> but you know what it is. It, it's we're in sync. We've been doing it so long, and not even just, like, even if we change up the food of what we're cooking, it's, he's always been standing behind me in the kitchen cooking. Do you know what I mean? For many years, we know how to work. And I used to think the angels have to be cooking this food because my husband's not doing it all. I mean, he's not doing all the work. How is this happening? And I'm always, all these years, I go, how does this happen? And then when I read this, that came to my mind. And I'm sure many of you know at work, if, if somebody you do work with is gone, you, you're, you're feeling like it's much harder. So I didn't understand that. So what we need to understand, when we have Christ within us, we're never alone working. We've always got the Holy Spirit with us, and we're working as a team. And that's why he said his burden is lighter, is we're never, ever having a driver in back of us because the enemy drives, and Jesus leads us. So we have, and the more you are led by the Spirit, the more you are going to be able to pull weight because you now have experience. 
And if you're not, like say you're a baby Christian that's just comfortable with your life and doesn't need to go any further, you really have no experience being, you know, with your teammate, do you? You know, you're not even maybe letting him help you. You're not letting him join the yoke with you. So it's, you're going to see a difference in your life because I know I do. I know that when I am being led, my life is just so much easier. I have to, you know, I wanted to buy, I'm, I'm getting in the middle of getting something now and I had to stop and say, God, you know, you got to tell me who to get, whose estimate. And he told me to go get more estimates. You know what I mean? I have to be led or else I'm going to jump in and spend money that is, I may not have needed to. You know, we just got to be led on our everyday life, not just spiritual things, but things in the natural too. So it, that's what the yoke of the kingdom is, being a team with the Holy Spirit. John 14, 16 through 17. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper because Jesus was the helper to the disciples then. Um, a comforter, an advocate, an intercessor, a counselor, a strengthener, and a standby to be with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive and take its heart because it does not know him or know, know him. But you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and I will be in you. I mean, this is a promise. We have a teammate at all times to help us. And especially, I mean, when you read everything that Christ has given us through the Holy Spirit, I mean, it's, it's almost like he's pulling most of the weight right? I mean, he's the one that's comforting me and an advocate. It, it's, I'm having to listen to him to be guided. So I'm really the new one. And, and he's the one that's pulling more of the weight. But if I start really learning to listen to him and learning to always go to the Holy Spirit for all my decisions, I can walk more in sync with him. And maybe one day, instead of pulling 24,000 pounds, I can pull 32, you know, but I have to learn to be in sync and always be in trying to truly use him as my team. Um, so though, if we went back up to Galatians, uh, the very first fruit listed is love. And uh, this is important because Jesus is the first fruit. And I kind of went on that a little bit last week about what the first fruit is. And the first fruit it was, is so important to God. I mean, he tells you to give it to him. Give all your first fruit to him. And he, then he'll bless you. And what he's done is given it back. But what he's telling you now, if the first fruit that manifests, it's a manifestation from the Holy Spirit, but it's really manifesting through us, Okay. Because this is God. These are all God's manifestations. So all we're doing is with his seed is being God-like. Okay? So this is his fruit that we have received from us. But you must have the love. You must start with that. You, you shouldn't try to say, oh, I want peace in my life. I want peace in your life. You got to get back to crawling before you walk. The most important thing is the love. You know, you want to be gentle. You want to be meek. No, you need to learn to love. Right? We have to receive this love and stop trying to go over it because do you want the rest of all the fruit to be blessed? Because if you're going, if you think that you can do everything else and you're kind of going over love, if you don't give your first fruit to God, the rest of your um, farmland is not blessed. So this is a whole thing in tithing, you know, when you receive an increase in your life. If you're not receiving that increase to God, then your raise is not blessed, you know. So we need to understand we cannot bypass the love. That's the first fruit. 
1 Corinthians 13, 2, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have faith so that I can remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And um, I've always said this, and have not love, I am nothing. And then one, James, one day James said to me, no, I like the word charity there because that's God's love. That's a God kind of love. And he's right because it's a giving love. Okay, so we can desire these gifts that God has for us and try to walk and grow to walk in the fruit. But God's putting it right back to the basics. It doesn't matter what you have if you're not walking in love. So stop trying to desire the rest and ask him for the rest because to be truthful, it's the same thing as that Australian pine laying down. That's exactly how people are looking at you if you're trying to prophesy to them without love or trying to give them advice in your life without love, being critical. So it's so important to have that love as your foundation. That's definitely going to be your first, your root that you need to grow deep. And I'm going to tell you the way to get God's love is just to get to know who love is and what love is. And that's get to know God. You know, you can learn the Bible and have knowledge, but if you don't have that personal relationship and be filled with the love and understand and recognize everything that's happened in your life, a hundred times a day, he did that for you because he loved you. You know, he made the sunrise for me today because I wanted it. You know, I I thank him because I spend like an hour watering my plants every morning. And when he rains, I'm like, God, water my plants today. <laughs> you know, it's like he gave me a break, you know, and, and I'm excited about it. And, but, but see, I take everything he does as doing it for me. <laughs> my neighbors didn't get watered by God, but I did, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I just have to understand the love and how he, he takes the time because when I start paying attention, sometimes he does it on a morning. And I'm like, oh gosh, thank you. You know, it's a morning I needed a little bit of a breakup or something. So that's what you have to do is just have that relationship and recognize that every little thing that's happened in your life is because of how much he loves you. Thank you. <laughs> Gifts of the Spirit. Okay, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11. Now concerning the spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. God wants you to know about these gifts. You know, I think too many people don't desire gifts of the Lord. I really do because I don't see a lot of people ever talking about them or trying to desire or, or maybe if they do, they want to run from them. I know, I know I asked for the gift of prophecy once and when God gave it to me, I go, oh no, I had no idea it would be this scary God. I mean, that's, I did. I, I was like, I had no idea I needed this much boldness, you know? And I, it took me so long. He must've told me three times to say something to somebody. And I thought, oh my gosh. And when I said it, and then they said they already knew, I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> you know, it was just, it was a huge ordeal for me. And then I had this talk with God, I am not ready for this gift, okay? <laughs> I mean, I can prophesy every now and then. I like the, what he gives me. He gives me words for people, and I, and I like that he gives me this word of knowledge, but I, I, I don't have the boldness yet. I mean, I'm sitting here admitting to you, I... And, and it's the Holy Spirit that gives you the boldness, okay? I, I just know I'm not there yet. And it's a gift that he wants to give me. Why? Because years ago I asked for it because I had a desire in my heart, <laughs> right? But so he's trying to give it to me, but I, I, I need to grow more. So I need to stretch. So I need to keep digging into him and find my boldness in, in a different way. And I know I'll get there one day, you know, I'll get there. It's just, that's what I love about God is he's so patient. 
He doesn't push us when we're not ready. But I think he kind of did that to me. Okay, you want it? Really? <laughs> he kind of let me understand how much I needed to grow up. It would be like me peaching at the park and then telling God, oh, no, I want, you know, 10,000 people. You know, it, it, he, he, he's not going to do that. He's going to grow you up. But he kind of gave me a taste, okay? And, and I appreciate that. I love the fact that he kind of lets you know, are you ready or are you not? If you want it, let's get ready, you know? So you got to work together as a team. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away into these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give to you understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God called Je um, calls Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations. These are ministries. I want you to understand that the reason I bold, put these in bold is because there's gifts, there's administrations, which some of these gifts are ministries, but the same Lord, and there are diversities of operations, and this is what you're doing, the effect of what you're doing, okay? But it is the same God which worketh in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. So whatever God is giving to different people, everybody that sees this manifestation is going to profit from it because it's a manifestation of God coming through someone and landing on everybody and it, sh it should profit everyone, no matter what it is. Anything that is a manifestation of God should profit to everybody, correct? For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another faith, I put extraordinary because this isn't just regular faith, Okay, this is a special kind of faith, a powerful faith, because as you're going to see, this is all these gifts are as the Spirit wills, by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse type kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but all these worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit dividing to every man severally as he wills, okay? The Holy Spirit is going to let these gifts come out as he wills, not as you will, okay? And when you stand in an office of something, like an office of a prophet, and we'll go into that, okay, it's going to be much more common or you're really not in that office. Like, I can prophesy to people, but I do not stand in the office of prophecy, okay? So... It, and it's as he wills. And you will find out the more that you desire a gift and the more that you put your faith into action, the more it's going to grow. And the more that, the, it, you know, as I could say it, the Holy Spirit is going to will. It's not only what your will is, but who it's going to land on. It's his desire of what you're saying, of who these are going to land on. Okay. So we, he has to grow us up in different ways, and you have to have the heart to want these gifts. Anybody can have them, and we all know many people that walk in all of them. It's, it's up to you to be able to want to receive them, but he is going to divide them up. Some people may have one, some may have none, some may have five, some may have three, because it's your desire and his will, okay? Okay, uh, the word gifts, this is interesting because the word gifts, charisma, and it has, um, it has different 
in the Strong's, it has different meanings. It's a gratuity, which means it's just a gift given, okay? A deliverance, an endowment, which means maybe, and, and I see that sometimes, like uh, you'll see a pastor and he comes from four generations. And sometimes it's the same types of giftings too, isn't it? It's like an endowment passed, it, passed on, all right? A, a, a gift that's passed on from pers- that same family and it just keeps going down the line. Um, a qualification, that's kind of like what I'm talking about. We, God grows us up and when we, we can qualify for some of these gifts when our heart is desiring. And I uh, have through the years listened to, and I'm sure many of you too have different uh, pastors and some of them have different gifts. And, and the ones that really walk strong in their gifting, their anointing that they have, whether it be healing, whether it be a word of knowledge, whether it be a, a, a word of wisdom or deliverance or whatever it is, um, you'll see that the ones that are really walking mightily in it, they're spending a lot of time with God. They're fasting, they're praying, and they have a lot of God relationship time. And in my opinion, that's a qualification. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? You have to be close to God to always be led by him for his power to be coming out of you. Um, And then the miraculous faculty, which we know, you know, there's miracles and then there's healings. And then some of the miracles aren't even healings. I mean, like parting the Red Sea, that's not a healing. (laughs) That's a miracle, you know. (laughs) So, uh, okay. So then there's um, three divisions of... Uh, there's the gifts, which I think we've all known this, so I'm going to go through it real quick. There's the, the power gifts, which is faith, working of miracles, and gift of healing. And, if, and we all know that you, when we receive power from the Holy Spirit. And then there's the revelation gifts, which is wisdom, knowledge, and discerning of spirits. And we know that revelation comes from the Father. You know, Jesus says, I can do nothing without the Father. And then the Holy Spirit does nothing on, of his own. It'll come through Jesus, Right. So those are uh, the Father's revelation gifts. And then we know that Jesus is the Word. He's the speaking gifts. And then so it's diverse tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. So um, under gifts, um, Ephesians 4, 7 through 8, and 11 through 14. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Grace is the ability to walk in God's nature. And the measure of the gift of Christ, we have all available to us, but that doesn't mean we're walking in the fullness of Christ. That gift is going to grow with your desire, your potential, your endowment, your, <laughs> what, your qualification, whichever one of these gifts and the way that they're handed to you, okay? And the more that you grow in it, the more grace you're going to have in your life for this which is more of God's ability to be able to perform his gifts and let them manifest through you. Wherefore he said, when he ascended up on high, he led captive, captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Um, all these are not gifts for us. It's not to build us up, for us to be 
you know, God's giving you a gift. This is when the power, the spirit is upon you. And the gift is not for you. It's for others. And it's for edifying others. And it's not to build us up. Because when you start building it yourself up or thinking, you know, you're going into ego and into pride. And then you're going to see where even the, though the gifts are non-repentance, you're going to see things changing in your life. It may be curses being pulled upon you and things happen in your life to you were not even being able to walk in these gifts good, even though the gift is not taken away from you. We have to remember that God puts these gifts out there so that we can all grow together and to each one of us to go into the fullness of Christ. And what I was telling you before, some of these are actually offices. Um, first, there's gifts. He's telling you about the gifts that there are and why he puts like the fivefold ministry out there so it's available to his body, to his whole body of church, okay, is because we need mentors. We need people to look up to for different situations in our life, don't we? We need to, different ones of us need different things at different times in our life, but we all need, we're all part of that team that we're working together of. And in the offices, uh, that's 1 Corinthians 12, 28 through 31, and God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondary prophets, thirdly teachers, and after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, this, this is a lot, support, the worship team, anybody in a church that does really anything here, um, and, and uh, evangelists, the pastor, see what I'm putting, different things, anybody that's helping this church, okay? And then the governments, which of course that's your pastor and your board, and then the diversity of tongues. Now, here, he's naming them in a different order. Did you see that than he did in Ephesians? But here, he's telling you the order that they are in. He's saying first, second, third, all right? Because God has an order for everything. Mm-hmm. And he wants you to desire the most. You may not be able to jump to the most right away, but in other words, when you have a child and they start kindergarten, you really want them to go to college. That's what's in the back of your mind. We tell these kids all the time. Do you understand? We have, we have desires for them, but we're not going to say, let's skip school and go to college. <laughs> you know. So God wants you to desire the most, to work your way up to these different things. But he knows your personality. He knows your character, and he knows the anointing he's put upon you. And the, 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 what he has put upon you, maybe it's an apostle, and it, you didn't have to work your way up to be an apostle. It's you were chosen this way. You were chosen to be this particular gift, but now you're actually walking in the office of it, okay? Because he chooses people. We all have a calling, every single one of us. So my desire, what I pray for, is I ask God, that I want the gifts of what you wrote in my book in heaven before I was born. Because I know that then I'm walking in his perfect will, okay? And I know that when I, my desire is his desire, it's going to be a lot easier on me. It's not like I'm trying to really pull a heavy burden here and try to work hard to get somewhere. I mean, we've all done that. We've all gone through brick walls we shouldn't have gone through, right? Tried harder for something, and in the long run, it wasn't even what you, was good for you, but you thought, because we're thinking in the natural. And so even with God's ways, we need to understand that these are all gifts given, but 
He has an order to help people. And, and you will see the people that spend more time with the Lord are going to have more power. They're going to have more than one. They may have more than one of these offices. It, it, it just happens. Um, I mean, we see that with our own pastor. He has more than one office. Okay, so you can have more than one office and you can walk in it. You can feel the anointing from someone that has a strong passion and a strong desire inside of them. And it doesn't mean that if your office is one and somebody else's is five, that you're any different to God. It means that I need my ring finger as much as I need my pinky. I don't want anybody to cut my pinky off. Okay, it's important to me. Okay, and the only way we're going to fulfill God's body is by having every member of our body together because every single anointing has a separate person purpose and it's also for different people. You know, there are some people that do not want to hear a word of knowledge, do not want prophecy in any way. Okay, but yet they want to listen to some them, pastor them, and guide them one on one. Right? You understand that? So it, it's so your anointing is where you're good at, and we need to try to walk into what God put us into, and 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 that is so important to God because until we are all together as a church, see this number thirteen under Ephesians verse thirteen, till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God and to a perfect man. Until the church makes one perfect man, we are not going to be the fullness of Christ. We're not going to do it. So we all need to walk into what our calling is, to what our anointing is. And we can do this by being led by the Holy Spirit because he's right inside us and we just have to listen to him. Um, okay, so I, I put on here... Um, just, I went through the Strongs and I pulled out the word spirit and I pulled up everything that was listed under the spirit, under spirit. And then I separated, was it a spirit of God or and if it's not a God, it's, it's Satan's, right? <laughs> okay. So God has descriptions that he uses in his word of what he says, this is what my spirit is. You know, spirit of father, spirit of Lord, spirit of God, spirit of understanding, spirit of wisdom counselor and might, judgment, burning. You know, he says, I'll baptize you in spirit and um, fire. This is the burning, okay, being on fire for God. Spirit of truth, knowledge, contrite and humble, holy and holiness, adoption, meekness, faith, grace, glory, life, Prophecy, power, love, sound mind, and fear of the Lord, which is um, a reverence of the Lord. So these spirit, I want to I want to say it's I don't want to call it spirits because there's one spirit when, of God. Okay, so even though he has spirits, like you'll hear of God's seven spirits, there's spirits. Okay, of God that could be his angels in front of him, the seven angels in front of him. Okay, so he has. He has a hierarchy just like Satan does, but he is one spirit. So all of these are who he is. This is how he describes himself. And so when you want to walk in his fullness, you got to look at it. Wow, 
Okay, I gotta walk in that? That's why we are a body <laughs> of Christ, because that's a lot to walk in, to have every single one of these. Um, you know, between having the gifts and having the fruit and bearing his fruit and his manifestation. Uh, but together, together, we should be walking in these together. And then a description of Satan's um, spirits, I put that in there and I put spirits, plural, because, you know, he's one, all right, but he has a hierarchy working under him. And jealousy, lying, evil, familiar, princes, fear, perverse, error, heaviness, broken, whoredom, unclean, dumb, foul, death, infirmity, divination, slumber, seducing, and devils. Um, bondage. I left bondage out. I meant to go back there and put that in, and I thought about that. It was, I, was, I had already printed it. But bondage, spirit of bondage goes in there too. Those are the ones that are listed in the word. Okay, so if any of these you have, these spirits are not of God. And, and I, I put this in print for a reason because sometimes we got to look at something. You know, it was, for me, I had to kind of look over and over and over. I do not have the spirit of fear. And one day it just hit me. I mean, I kept staring at it and staring at it. And I go, oh, my gosh, this isn't from you. Oh, my gosh, I want it out of me. Okay. It, but it, it took me a while before I actually looked at it in writing. And, and one day it hit me like a billboard. And then that fear, oh, now I'm taking control of that fear, and that fear is going. And it left, but I had to take control of it. So if you're still holding on to any of these, and you think, eh, that's the only one I'm doing is fear, that's okay. You know, I can still hold on to it. How am I going to walk in the, in the spirit of God? Because you can't. You can't do both. You have to let go of these things and take authority by walking in the spirit, walking, letting your spirit have dominion in your life instead of your soul, Instead of the lust of the flesh. And you know, we, we, have, we have, Jesus overcame sin for us. Okay? So we just have to know that all sin that we can be a victor over as long as we're being led by our spirit. And, and I know this is easy to say, but it takes practice. We, it takes practice to be, learn how to be led by the spirit and to, and to keep telling yourself, I can do this because I'm already a victor. The victor lives with me. He's on my team. I'm not on the losing team. I'm not on that team. So I can, with my partner, do this together as long as I'm doing it with my partner, as long as I'm having him together with me when I walk. So when you're being led by him, when you spend time with him, the more you're going to spend with him, the more you're going to be led by him. If you don't spend time with God and time in the word, you're trying to be a one-man oxen. Okay, that's what you're trying to do. And you're not a team at all with the Holy Spirit who's here to, again, what? Leave, teach, guide us, and be an advocate. I mean, he's there for a reason and it's up to us to follow through. Romans 8, 5, for they are, that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh that they are after the spirit and the things of the spirit. It, 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 oh gosh, if you just re read Romans 8, I think that you could just sit on Romans 8 and just read it over and over and over. I mean, it, you, I think you have to read Romans 8 over and over and over. I really do. I think you need to read it about 50 times, and then next year read it another 50. I do. I, I really do. I mean, because it's like when I read it again, I'm going, oh, I forgot. Um, 
there's so much there about your flesh and how to walk it out. But it's all going to lead down to the exact same thing about, okay, so I kind of put these out of order. Look, I put Romans 8, 15 through 16. For you have not received the spirit of bondage, again, to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So you see, I was walking in the spirit of bondage from fear. I was total bondage from fear. And he's saying, again, to fear. I felt like, okay, this scripture is for me, okay? But he's saying, no, because I adopted you into my spirit, okay? And now I'm your daddy. And so, you know, I'm your daddy that loves you, and you're never alone. So you don't have to go back there again, Susan. So when I read that scripture, I have to look at it for me. It has to be personal. It can't be just reading it as only a direction book. You have to put yourself into it as if this whole book was written for you and you and on and nobody else. It's the only way that you're going to really truly receive his love from you and know how much he did for you. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit. So the Holy Spirit is how he is talking to you through your spirit. And that and that's the children of God. Now you see how I put it out of order and I went back to 14 only to get my point across. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. So you're not going to grow from being a child until you're being led to grow up. And God expects us and wants us to grow up because he has an expected end. On the book that he wrote for us in heaven before we were born has a last page. And it has a period at the end. And it's up to us to try to Ask him to let me walk out your perfect will. I, I want to walk out all the pages that you wrote for me because every time I sinned, you took that page and you ripped it out after I repented and you threw it in the sea. So when I go to heaven and I'm looking at my book, I don't want it to be empty. Just have no pages in it because <laughs> I don't want it to be ripped out. You know what I mean? I want a lot of my pages still there and I'm so thankful that a lot of those pages are ripped out, you know? But I want to be able to walk in it. And, I, and, and why do I? All because I can love him because he loved me first. But I first have to understand how much he loves me. If I can't understand and receive the amount of love he has for me, I would have no desire to say, I want to please my daddy. Okay? I had an awesome natural daddy. I mean, an amazing one. And I always wanted to please him. Always. Okay? Because... He loved me when I didn't even know him when, he was, when I was a little baby. He loved me, and it made me, out of his love, I wanted to please him. And when you understand that kind of love, when you can understand how much he, love, he loves you, you will want to please him. You're doing it out of love. You will obey out of love. Jesus says, if you love me, you obey my commands. It doesn't mean I'm going to do this, 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 and this. It's the only way I can prove I love him. No, it means because you love him, you'll do it. That's all he's trying to say. When you really love somebody, you will walk in obedience. So when you're walking out of obedience, you just need to stop and think, where is this love? <laughs> you know what? Sit down and find it and get alone and get into a relationship with love. You've got to find love to do it because that's the answer. Um, 
again, I put the scripture there again because, I mean, I don't think that God could put this scripture in the Bible often enough. 1 Corinthians 13, 2. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. So I just think that for us to be an overcomer in any way, it's all going to start with love. It's all going to start with his love. And as a natural human being, we are looking for man to love us. This is what we do. We look for love and we're looking for it. Maybe we're looking at it from, from spouse or our kids or a, a best friend or a pastor or people at work or maybe kids we teach at the church school or whatever it is. We're looking for people to love us instead of looking for love and being filled there first. Because when you're filled for love, I'm gonna tell you, when you're really filled for love, if others don't love, you, don't love you, you don't really worry about it. Because love does not expect his own. When you say you love somebody, you should not be expecting I love you back. It doesn't matter if it comes back because you're already loved. You're supposed to be overflowing and have love to land on them. You don't have to receive it if you're full. If your cup is overflowing, why do you have to get it back? Right? You don't need anybody to give it back. You know, the source needs to come from love itself. And so when we get filled up with his love, these other gifts are going to start walking through you because God sees what you're seeking. He's looking at our heart. Our heart means to him more than anything. So if you're starting to seek him through his love of just who he is and just, you know, we get back to the basics, you know, faith 101, <laughs> God 101, I am love, you know. When we get back to that, it's all going to, and then these then these fruits are going to start growing and it's going to all start coming through. And then after your fruits grow and your manifestation of the gifts will come along, you know, behind it. But then you'll, I think when we, I don't know, maybe in times coming more and people start getting more of God's spirit and see it, I think we're going to see more and more people walking and, and finding God's love. I think when we go through hard times, we search for God more. I know I did. And um, you're going to see people start finding God and reaching out to him, and they're going to receive his love. And then that's why the gifts are going to start operating, because the more people are reaching for God, then the more people are going to operating in the gifts that are already inside you. You're just not being released. So we're going to start seeing them more and more towards the end times, but it's only going to start see seeing them because people are seeking him and being filled with him. Correct? Because that's the way I see it anyways. Okay, you guys, that's all I have for you. I thank you very much. <laughs>